Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. We're going to have a great show lined up for you today. The Biden administration announces door-to-door outreach teams to get Americans vaccinated. I wonder how much you're going to love, appreciate, or maybe not so much the Biden administration knocking on your door to ask you, in violation of HIPAA laws, about your your choice of vaccinations. Hmm. Co-founder of Wikipedia says that uh, Wikipedia is more one-sided than ever before. And a head of civilian Canadian Civil Liberties Group calls for churches to burn in a social media post. Lots of love and fun times today on the show and the What's Concerning Us. In uh, the guest segment, Mr. Norman Fulkerson from TFP Tradition, Family, and Property is going to be our guest to talk about piety and patriotism in light of 4th of July. Have you ever heard of the story of Colonel John Ripley? I wonder. He is the American Knight. When uh, when I first started here at the Guadalupe Radio Network back in 2013, a colleague of mine, um, uh, showed me his book, uh, this book about Colonel John Ripley, and said, "This guy." Now, my friend Doug Pearson, who's uh, God, God, God rest his soul, who died uh, several years ago from cancer. Um, big, tall, former Marine. I served in the Marine Corps. He served in the Marine Corps, and he said, "This guy is the guy to read." This guy's story was so amazing, and uh, so we're very grateful to uh, have an opportunity today to discuss the story of Colonel John Ripley, who served in Vietnam. But uh, that perfect mix between piety and patriotism, that's going to be at the heart of our conversation today with Mr. Norman Fulkerson today. So we're going to have a great show. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of it. And don't forget, in the second hour, if you can join us, of course, we would love to have you. We have our game show, and we're giving out prizes this week, praise be to God, from Baritas Catholic. Baritas Catholic, they're on Etsy. You can find them there, Baritas Catholic. So praise be to God, full show today. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Yes, thanks be to God. We have Baratus Catholic sponsoring our game show this week. Super excited. Baratus. Yes. All right. I think good. that's how it's pronounced. Well, it's probably better than I said it anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Yeah, amen. Praise God. Uh, going to be a good show today, I think. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I heard uh, Mr. Fulkerson, he gave some great talks in the past. I've heard some of them. And he uh, knew... Uh, Colonel Ripley personally, so wow. it would be great. Yeah, apparently Colonel Ripley skipped out on his reunion with uh, his squad uh, that were under fire, and um, like only like thirty percent of them survived. And he skipped out on their reunion in order to go to a TFP event <laughs> and uh, hang out with the TFP guys. I was like, yeah. whoa, that's pretty, pretty crazy. hardcore. Yeah. Pretty hardcore. So we're gonna get to know a little bit about. Uh, the late, great Colonel John Ripley, Ripley, the American Knight, later in the show. So praise be to God. We're going to jump into our program. We have, uh, of course, breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and a reflection by, uh, sponsored in part by verboom.com forward slash GRN. Now, I've had some people reach out to me about this, and uh, I need to say this slowly so that you can understand uh, who is uh, underwritten, has given us the tool to dive into uh, the gospel 
gospel reflection, getting to the early church fathers and some of the greatest uh, biblical commentary available on, in the history of the world, actually, uh, Verboom makes that easy for us, and we're very grateful to them. So it's Verboom, that's V-E-R-B-U-M, verboom.com forward slash G-R-N. Thank you for generously sponsoring a portion of our program today. All right, let's pray for your intentions, dear uh, listener, whatever's on your heart today, whatever your needs are. We, are, of course, are praying for the conversion of all souls today uh, to that uh, come into the fold or come back to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, and never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle A. Looking at the headlines today, Bank BBNT Trust cancels alternative social media site Gab. Joe Biden to send government officials door-to-door across America to pressure people to accept vaccination. The Pentagon says leaders will look into making COVID-19 vaccine mandatory if approved by the FDA. From Vanguard, another Nigerian priest abducted. Muslim Buku Haram believed responsible. Bandits Monday morning went haywire. They kidnapped students of Bethel Baptist School in Kanduna and Peter Jadil, the chairman of the Nigeria Labor Congress in Taraba, even as news emerged that Boku Haram had taken hostage Reverend Father Elijah Jumawada of the Catholic Diocese of Maiduguri since June 30th. The number of students that were abducted cannot be ascertained, a source said. From Jalingo, Vanguard learned that the chairman of the Nigeria Labor Congress in Taraba, Peter Jadil, was reportedly picked from his house in Sankuani headquarters of Ardokola local government area of the state. The abductors have contacted the victim's family and are demanding ransom. Also reports reaching Vanguard have it that Reverend Father Eliza Jumawada had been in captivity of the Boku Haram terrorists since June 30th. A source said that the priest took a dangerous Damboa Madaguri road in error instead of the safer Baratai Bunayadi road. Details are still coming. From the VT Digger, Vermont Catholic priest numbers plummet to historic lows. Vermont Catholic Bishop Christopher Coyne stepped into the altar of St. Joseph Cathedral in Burlington this month to announce what, at first glance, appeared to be good news. We have arrived at a place where things can return to normal, he said. Coyne was speaking of the state lifting COVID-19 restrictions, allowing Vermont's largest religious denomination to reopen its 68 parishes at full pre-pandemic capacity. But he was also saying so at an annual clergy ordination that, as in too many past years, was welcoming just one new priest. When Louis de Gosbriand became the first bishop of the Vermont Roman Catholic Diocese upon its founding in 1853, he led a clergy of 52. That figure rose over time to 274 in 1975, but has dropped over the past half century to 181 in 1985, 151 in 1995, 83 in 2005, and a historic low of 50 today. The diocese has circumvented the decline by asking parishes to consolidate or close, 
from 130 in 2001 to 68 today. Adjust mass schedules, share pastors, or welcome priests from other countries. The latter option is facing its own challenges. The diocese says changes in U.S. immigration procedures will force five international priests, three from the Philippines and one each from India and Nigeria, to depart this month, as their religious worker visas will expire before they can apply for permanent residency. Add retirements and transfers, and the diocese will lose eight priests July 1st. The immigration complication was completely unexpected, Coyne said in a statement. Even though these priests want to stay with their parishes here in Vermont, they must go home now so that they can return to Vermont in 12 months. As a result, the diocese is reshuffling 15 priests among different parishes and leaving churches without clergy in Grand Isle, Proctor, Putney, Troy, and West Rutland. I've tried to do everything I can to make sure that as many priests and churches will continue to have pastors, Coyne said. I know it will be difficult for a while for those priestless parishes, but we will try and provide as much coverage as possible for Sunday Mass and the sacraments. The clergy shortage isn't unique to the state. It's plaguing Catholic churches throughout New England and the nation. Over the past 50 years, U.S. priest numbers have dropped almost 40%, according to the Center for Applied Research in the Apostolate at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. In Vermont, the diocese has lost 101 priests to death and 20 more to departures or removal in the last 30 years. In the same time period, it has ordained 34 priests and welcomed four from other orders. The trend is expected to get worse. About 20% of the state's current priests are aged 60 or older, while fewer than 10% are 35 or younger. Please pray for priests. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for Wednesday, July 7th. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Peter Torot. He was born in 1912 in Rakanui, East New Britain, part of modern Papua, uh, Papua New Guinea. He is the son of Angelo Tupue, a village chief, and Maria La Tumel, an adult convert who were part of the region's first generation of Catholics. Peter was a pious boy, and though somewhat drawn to religious life, he became a lay catechist and worked with missionaries in the area. An excellent teacher and organizer of classes, he constantly carried and taught from his Bible. Married to Paula Lavarpit on 11th of November 1936, father of three, one child died in infancy, another soon after the war. In 1942, all the missionaries and their staff were arrested by the invading Japanese armies and were lodged in concentration camps. Peter continued to lead the faithful in his village as best he could, caring for the sick, baptizing, and teaching the converts, helping the poor. But when the war began to go against them, the Japanese began to repress the locals, forbidding Christianity and pushing for a return to pre-Christian ways, particularly of polygamy. Peter opposed the regression and was arrested in 1945 for conducting religious gatherings, he was imprisoned in a cave. He was so well-known, supported, and beloved by those who knew him that he continued to be a source of strength to his people and annoyance to his captors. He was martyred by poisoning and suffocation on the 7th of July, 1945, in a Jewish concentration camp in Rokanawi, in East New Britain, part of modern Papua New Guinea. He was beatified on the 17th of January, 1995, by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Peter Torot, 
Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 7. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus, Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is at hand. Yay and amen. Praise be to God. Did you notice the structure? Now, I gave a, I've given this talk several times over many years, but I actually sent the, a recording of this talk that I've given on the structure of the kingdom of God uh, to the CDT Insider email list. If you're not on that, you should join. You can do that on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And if you're interested and you don't have, you'd like it, I'll send it to you. Just let me know. No, but uh, there's a structure here. Notice the 12, just like the 12 sons, the 12 patriarchs from the book of Genesis, the sons of Jacob, or the 12 priests set on 12 pillars offering sacrifices in Exodus 24. And Exodus 24 in particular, I think, is fascinating because you have the total structure listed there. You have uh, you have Moses, you have the 12, you have the, uh, the inner three. You have Aaron, Nad- Nadab, and Abihu. Uh, these should remind you, you even have the 70, the, the sort of the, the disciples or the Sanhedrin, the judges in the Old Testament. So you've got Peter, you've got Peter, James, and John. You've got the 12 priests or the 12 patriarchs. You've got all 70 uh, of the disciples in the New Testament being sent out. The structure is so, is so specific that if you were, say, let's just say the high priest that year, and you had this upstart who had this very specific structure surrounding him, would you not also feel uh, compelled to put him to an end because you would feel the competition of it all? And college, you whiz, you paid so much to the Roman authorities to have this great honor of being the high priest. Why in the world would you ever allow an upstart to take it away from you? The structure in the Old Testament is specific. It is also specific in the New Testament. The church is the new Israel. That is the message here. There's so much more to be said. We'll say more in the next hour in the Gospel Reflection. Don't go anywhere. What's concerning us is coming up next. We'll be right back. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God... 
and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I want to thank Real Estate for Life, realestateforlife.org, for generously sponsoring a portion of our program this morning. They connect people who are either buying or selling homes, and the proceeds go to support uh, pro, uh, organizations like our own, pro-life organizations like our own. Realestateforlife.org, thank you for supporting Catholic Drive Time. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Mr. Norman Fulkerson is going to be our guest. He is with the Tradition Family and Property, been so for, I think, three decades or so. Uh, he is uh, the author of a book called An American Night, The Life of John Ripley, United States Marine Corps. And we're going to have a conversation about piety and patriotism. Uh, in light of the 4th of July. So that's coming up 35 past the hour. There are several stories in the headlines that I would like to jump into in the What's Concerning Us section. A Biden administration announces door-to-door outreach teams to get Americans vaccinated. This according to the Epic Times. It's been reported in many places, actually. But this is the Epic Times article. It says President Joe Biden and other White House officials on Tuesday said the federal government will start targeted community door-to-door outreach in an effort to boost COVID-19 vaccination rates. Because millions of Americans are unvaccinated and due to the so-called Delta COVID-19 variant that's spreading, Biden said that his administration will attempt to ramp up vaccination efforts. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? It says, quote, do it now, unquote, said Biden during a White House press conference referring to getting vaccinated. The president said that people will be, quote, knocking on doors, unquote, to get, quote, help to the remaining people, unquote, who aren't vaccinated. It's part of a community outreach program, he said, that is being set up as mass vaccination sites are being phased out. Now, in my neck of the woods, um, we see signs all the time that, uh, that say free vaccinations and they tell you where to go and when to get them or whatever. I've seen, I've driven text messages. I've, I've driven by uh, places where you have little tents popped up on the side of the road in little strip malls and parking lots of strip malls where they're offering vaccinations. Um, What gets me about this is, is a few things. Number one, it's like this constant beating of this drum, no matter of what's actually going on in our lives. It seems totally incongruent. Number one, the reality on the street versus the headlines and the, 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 all of the jargon, the language, and the, and the talking in the, of the, in the mainstream media. Number two, do we really want, even, if, even under the former administration, I would not have wanted this. 
under no administration, right or left, Democrat or liberal, I would not have cared, uh, or conservative rather, I would not have cared. I would not want anybody from the federal government knocking on my door asking me about my vaccination preferences or my opinions of the current vaccination situation. Uh, under no circumstances, whether you are a, a conservative or a liberal, or liberal, I would not want you knocking on my door. I, I, it's none of your business. It is none of your business what my, me and my family have decided to do in this regard. It, it is mind-boggling to me that they would uh, decide that they have to go to this level in spite of the fact of what's, I mean, like many states have just simply moved on now. Not just Texas and Florida, but many other states have decided, you know what, enough is enough. We've had enough of it all, and we've just decided we are, we are going to move on. And still, the drumbeat goes on. The, the drumbeat goes on. White House Press, Press Secretary Jan Paskey said the administration's efforts will include targeted by community door-to-door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated. It's not clear how the administration plans to accomplish this, and neither she nor Biden provided any more details. The administration will first target communities with lower vaccination rates, she added. The door-to-door outreach efforts will get information about vaccines to people who haven't received them yet. The plan is part of the government's COVID-19 response after the White House felt shy of its uh, self-imposed July 4th deadline to get 70% of American adults at least one vaccination shot. According to the data from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, more than 67% of American adults have received at least one shot and more than 157 million are fully vaccinated. Boy, that's more than I would have said. That's for sure. It, uh, it's mind-boggling to me. It truly is mind-boggling to me that the, that the uh, government would decide that it needs to knock on Americans' doors because adults can't make decisions for themselves, apparently. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, Shakespeare's play in Hamlet, Hamlet's mother, Gertrude, and uh, she, she says, it's a famous quote, everybody knows it, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. And uh, it's a, it's a, the, what's the meaning behind the quote is that, you know, you're protesting so much that I feel like you're lying to me. And so it, the fact that the government... And everybody around me, and I'm getting text messages saying, congratulations, it's, uh, you can go get the vaccine right now. Uh, it, the, <laughs> the lady doth protest too much, methinks. I, the fact that they're pushing it so hard makes me more and more skeptical because nothing, nothing gets pushed this hard. Nothing. It, it doesn't match the reality that we see on the streets every day. Yeah, I don't see anybody sick anymore. I don't know anybody anymore. I have not, me personally, I don't I know. I have I'm no doubt. Anecdotally. There, there are people who do get sick. There's no question. And there are people who even die of, uh, of, of this uh, COVID. There's no question in my mind about that. However, it doesn't match. What we read and hear in the headline news isn't a match to the reality we see on the streets. And it is mind-boggling, and it just comes across as heavy manipulation, heavy propaganda, and it makes people question what is going on around us. And I think more and more people are doing that. They're just questioning. And again, whether it was Biden or if it was Trump or if it was George Bush, I wouldn't have cared. I would not want them knocking on my door to ask me this question. It It is a violation on many levels, and it's none of your business, in my opinion. Let's, uh, here's a story that came out according to LifeSite News. The headline goes like this. Head of Canadian Civil Liberties Group calls for churches to burn in social media posts. We talked to uh, Kennedy Hall yesterday 
about the story of why churches are burning in Canada in regards to this First Nation uh, school program implemented well over a century ago, lasted up until the uh, the 1970s, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they found graves that were unmarked. And the the media has sort of been pushing sort of a narrative that makes it feel, sound like, come across as there was murder going on. And that's not the case. That was not the case at all. These were, these were untended to grave sites. And there's an, a lot of uproar. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't blame to go around or there isn't, there isn't uh, pr- uh, crimes that were committed. That's not what we're discussing here. But burning down churches and fanning the flame of burning down churches, that's what we are discussing here. And here's a bit of the article. Again, LifeSite News. The head of a Canadian liberties group openly called for violence against Catholic parishes in a social media post after the discovery of unmarked graves at now closed indigenous residential schools once run by the church. Uh, It says, quote, burn it all down, unquote tweeted by Harsha Walia, executive director of the British Columbia Civil Liberties Association, on June 30th in response to a Vice News report on the burning of two Catholic churches. Walia's comments came the same day that the centuries-old St. John Baptiste Parish in Morinville, Alberta, was reduced to ashes in what police deemed a suspicious fire. There also was a report of a fire at St. Kateria Tekakwitha Catholic Church in uh, the First Nation of Nova Scotia. Many took to social media to show their disbelief that the head of a well-known organization would call for destruction. See, this is what gets me. Okay, yesterday I, I, I retweeted our conversation with Kennedy Hall, and some somebody, you know how Twitter is, good grief, Twitter is just chocked full of intellectual superiority. I mean, Twitter is just a, a cesspool of incredibly intelligent, well-meaning people who have nothing but vitriol on their tongue, right? And somebody, you know, uh, made a comment. I said, why are churches burning in Canada? And someone said to keep, the, keep Canadian winters warm. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus said, love your enemies. Now, there are plenty of enemies to the Catholic Church today who are burning, rioting, looting, beating, maiming, and all the rest. They're in the headlines. We see them every day. They're not prosecuted, by the way. Those aren't the people we prosecute in this country anyway. And yet I would never in a million years tell anyone, I would not want a single person to go to their private homes and burn their homes down, harm anyone, not a single hair on their head, or any one of their friends, loved ones, or family members. No, that is not the way. And yet we see on the opposite side of that equation, burn it all down. That is their response, to burn it all down. The world, the flesh, and the devil. It is clear their intention, it is clear their desire, and what their true motives are. Let us pray for the conversion of these people. Let us pray in God's mercy that they are given many graces, prevenient graces, the graces that go before, to move hearts, to move desire for God and for intimacy and for conversion, to come into the Catholic Church, and for repentance and healing and reparation for crimes committed against, uh, by Catholics against others. But more importantly, let's pray for the conversion of all sinners around the world today. It just bugs me to no end. We'll be posting, that, by the way, that conversation with Kennedy Hall today on our YouTube channel. It didn't get posted yesterday. Yesterday we posted uh, the conversation that we had last week 
with uh, Jim Wahlberg and his conversion, uh, uh, meeting uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta in prison, which was a powerful conversation. That's up on the CDT YouTube channel now, as well as the conversation about uh, with Kendra Tierney about uh, Maria von Trapp's book and how it influenced her to live liturgically every year. Both of those were posted yesterday on the CDT YouTube channel. Please do me a favor, like, subscribe, share, and all the rest. Uh, here's another interesting, as we have just a minute or two before we go to break, I found this fascinating, something we've been saying for a long time. Wikipedia co-founder warns Wikipedia is more one-sided than ever. This is also on the Epic Times. It says, Larry Sanger, co-founder of Wikipedia, warned that the, uh, the online encyclopedia is more one-sided than ever in light of the website's entries for Black Lives Matter, the 2020 election, the former President Donald Trump's two impeachments, and other contentious topics. Sanger said, in particular, it took issue with how some Wikipedia entries are sourced. He says, quote, in short, and with few exceptions, only globalist progressive mainstream sources and sources friendly to globalist progressivism are permitted, unquote. Several centrist news outlets, such as the Daily Telegraph, the Wall Street Journal, and the Weekly Standard are sometimes allowed to be sourced, he said, but Wikipedia's editors are quote, careful never to leave the current Overton window of progressive thought, unquote. Now, I have no, no idea what this man's motives are or, or what, but good grief, Wikipedia. I feel, I feel like I need my duh button. I mean, hello, it's like, it's like Snopes, right? It's like thinking Snopes is fair and balanced. Ah, it's not going to happen. Wikipedia is not a great source. Neither is Snopes. Neither are a lot of sources that claim to be. They're certainly not. But now I guess the co-founder has made that more obvious to all of us. So there you go. There's an interesting report about the women's soccer team. There's a sort of a, a scuffle in the debate over whether or not the ladies of the soccer team were being disrespectful. The, the team itself is saying, not so fast. They put their hand over their heart and they faced a different flag. They weren't trying to be disrespectful. I'm not sure uh, what the deal is there, but there is an article out on the Epic Times about that as well that you could always check out. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We have new breaking stories with Janelle. And, of course, our guest is going to be on to talk about Colonel John Ripley, piety and patriotism. That's coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most modern philosophies are very dark and depressing? As G.K. Chesterton says, most people in our world today have been forced to be happy about the little things, but sad about the big ones. But that's not the way we were meant to be. We were meant to be joyful. Sadness is only an interlude. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. The Christian is able to deny himself immediate pleasures because there's great joy and fulfillment inside him. The pagan must constantly seek after pleasure because there's great sadness and emptiness inside him. Joy, which is the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. Let's share the secret. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects homebuyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. 
That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Lots of headlines today. Lickin holds meeting with Uyghur survivors of China's internment camps. 14-year-old girl sentenced in death of DC Uber Eats driver. Delta variant comprises more than half of COVID-19 cases in U.S., CDC says. Pentagon cancels $10 billion contract that Microsoft and Amazon were fighting over. Thousands of Americans file lawsuits against their governors for ending unemployment benefits. UCLA reinstates mask mandate over Delta variant. Haitian president assassinated at home in barbaric act. Eric Adams poised to be New York's next mayor. Indian billionaires face off in race to solar domination. Rockets hit Iraqi base housing U.S. forces, wounding three. Peru wants a president. Thousands marched in Lima as election result drags. Hundreds of Afghan servicemen flown back from Tajikistan. Some Missouri police departments cut ties with ATF over gun law. New cyber attacks ramp up tensions with Russia. Over 535 charged six months after January 6th riot. Fifth graders will have access to condoms in Chicago elementary schools next month. One parent reacts, oh my god, they are kids. And Tyson recalls over 8 million pounds of frozen chicken due to the listeria contamination concerns. From the Epic Times, nine countries reject global minimum tax deal, sending it down rocky road to completion. Nine countries have refused to sign onto an international tax reform framework that includes a 15% global minimum, minimum corporate tax pushed by the Biden administration as a way to reduce international tax arbitrage by U.S. multinationals and blunt the impact of President Joe Biden's proposed domestic corporate tax hike. While officials from 130 out of 139 countries in the so-called OECD G20 inclusive framework on base erosion and profit shifting agreed last week to establish the new framework, Ireland, Estonia, Hungary, Peru, Barbados, St. Vincent and the Grenadians, Sri Lanka, Nigeria and Kenya did not sign the agreement. Also from the Epic Times, Elsa weakens to a tropical storm, National Hurricane Center says. Elsa weakened to a tropical storm as of early Wednesday and is projected to hit Florida's northern Gulf Coast later in the morning, according to the National Hurricane Center. The Weather Service said in its 2 a.m. EDT advisory that heavy rains and gusty winds continue to spread inland across southwest and west central Florida. As the time of the advisory, Tropical Storm Elsa was 60 miles west of Tampa, with maximum sustained winds of 70 miles per hour and was moving north at 14 miles per hour, according to the NHC. Elsa is forecast to make landfall along the North Florida Gulf Coast by late Wednesday morning and the move across the southeastern United States through Thursday. A hurricane warning is in effect for a long stretch of coastline, from Egmond Key to the mouth of Tampa Bay to the Steinhatchee River. A storm surge warning is in effect for the west coast of Florida from Bonita Beach to the Alcia River, including Tampa Bay. There were no immediate reports of damage or injuries in the Tampa Bay area. The NHC said that a few tornadoes were possible overnight across the western and central Florida peninsula, 
and that a tornado threat continues across North Florida, southeast Georgia, and eastern South Carolina. The threat is expected to shift to the eastern Carolinas and far southeast Virginia on Thursday. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Wednesday. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, piety and patriotism. That's the conversation we're about to have. Norman Fulkerson is a member and of is the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property. He is the contributing editor of TFB's Crusade magazine and the author of The American Night, The Life of Colonel John Ripley, United States Marine Corps. Good morning to you, Mr. Fulkerson. Good morning. How are you doing? It's Joe, right? Yes, sir. Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. It's good to have you on with us today. Uh, you know, I served in the Marine Corps, and a buddy of mine who's passed away f- uh, from cancer years ago, also uh, a former Marine, he he loved this book. He absolutely loved this book. He encouraged me uh, greatly to to read the book and to get to know Colonel John Ripley. And so we're very An grateful. American. An American Knight. Yeah, we're very grateful to you for being on the program today. Can you tell us about the life of Colonel John Ripley? Yeah, Colonel John Ripley was uh, one of the, well, he's a legend in the United States Marine Corps. And he's a Vietnam vet. He uh, served two tours in Vietnam. He uh, is most noted for what he did during the Easter Offensive in 1972 when he blew up the Dong Ha Bridge, which halted 30,000 troops, 200 enemy tanks. <clears throat> and within the Marine Corps, as you know, Joe, he's um, in Force Recon. They have an in-house distinction of what's called a quad body for a person who's gone through the four of the most special uh, grueling special, special forces programs in the world. And Colonel Ripley, at the time of his death, I think he was one of only, I think, two Marines that held that distinction. And... Um, so yeah, so he was a great me marine. He was a legend. Tell he us, is a legend. Tell us specifically about his uh, uh, in 1972. He was ordered to to hold off 30,000 uh, North Vietnamese regulars. Tell us about that story. Well, yeah, it's a great story. That that's it's the highlight of the military aspect of his career. I I think Colonel Ripley brings a lot more to the table than what he did on the battlefield. But yeah, it was the thing that where he gained most distinction. A lot of people, anyone that knows the story, don't they don't know why he didn't get the Medal of Honor. But it was uh, the largest offensive of the entire war. They, the North Vietnamese, the communists threw everything at them but the kitchen sink. And uh, it all boiled down to this bridge right along the DMZ that they were going to cross the bridge. And there are people that have argued with me, Joe, that had they crossed that bridge, they would have, they could have marched on Saigon and ended the war. And there were uh, few servicemen in country, or fewer, because of the Easter holiday. They were in neighboring countries uh, celebrating with their family. So it was um, a smaller group of forces. And really, the only thing standing in their way was was one man who had the wherewithal, the knowledge of explosives, and that was Colonel Ripley. But it required him to hand walk into the into the under the belly of the bridge, <clears throat> hand over hand, carrying two twenty pound satchels of uh, plastic explosive each trip, and uh, going back and forth. He did a dozen trips back as he was being fired at by um, by the enemy. On the other side of the bridge, there was a tank that was disabled, firing 100 millimeter rounds at him. 
So I mean, it's pretty dramatic. And what's interesting, and your listeners will appreciate this, is that he was raised uh, Catholic. He was an altar boy. They prayed the rosary. So he felt his strength fading, and he realized that it, he wasn't going to make it unless he invited God to come along. And that's when he said, Jesus, Mary, get me there. He started screaming it out loud. <laughs> and um, anyway, he ended up accomplishing his task with the help of of our Lord and our Lady. That's amazing. Praise be to God. Norman Fulkerson is our guest. He is with TFP as a contributing editor and the author of American Night, The Life of Colonel John W. Ripley, USMC. This is the part of the story that I wanted to focus on. You know, we're coming up to a break here in a minute or two, but we'll continue after that as well. Uh, about this incredible figure, this man who had this uh, seemingly a perfect mix between piety and patriotism, uh, giving himself to the cause uh, that uh, his government sent him to 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 see after, and yet never at any time. Uh, you know, failing or flagging in his own piety, his own faith, his own devotion to our Lord and Savior Jesus. Tell us about that mix in particular. Yeah, it was very beautiful in his house um, where he grew up. They prayed the family rosary, and it was very amusing. They had a, a over the fireplace a crucifix, and then they had a picture of of uh, Stonewall Jackson on one side and Robert E. Lee on the other, and. And it was largely due to the combination of his uh, mother and father. His mother was a Southern Belle. His father was a a cigar-smoking Yankee. And um, so they combined their their love of country with their love of God and their piety. His mother was a convert to Catholicism. So that's what's beautiful about Colonel Ripley is that he, he was great on the battlefield, but he was also a man who practiced his faith. He was he was a pious man. He 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 attended mass regularly when, obviously when he was overseas when he was at war they didn't have the availability of the sacraments that 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 he had uh, stateside but after after war he would he was a daily communicant and uh, so he took his faith very very seriously and that's why i think he's such an example and that's why i dubbed him an american knight is because he was a warrior like the knights of old but he also was a pious man, and he embodied the virtues of the Knights of Old, chivalry and honor. And, but again, the piety, what distinguished the Knights of Old is that they took their faith seriously, and Colonel Ripley did also. Wow. Now, I understand you you, used, you knew him before he passed. Oh, yes. Yes. He was a big supporter of tradition, family, and property. He actually gave a couple of lectures to our young men and to a group of our supporters. And we, we appreciated it, Joe, because he talked to us and he, he realized that we we're, we, we're very much like Marines. Hold that Tiffy thought. Members. Hold that thought. We're up against a break, and I, don't want, I want you to have the opportunity to say that uh, more properly. So Norman Fulkerson is our guest. We're at a break. We're going to be right back with him. Continue our conversation about the life of the American Knight, the life of Colonel John Ripley with Norman Fulkerson. All that's coming up next. The cola, the the combination of piety and of patriotism. That's our conversation. We'll be right back. St. Paul tells us to pray always. Easy for him to say. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. But how are we to pray in the middle of a tense day at the office, while rushing to get the shopping done and get home, while picking up our kids and their friends for soccer? In his rule, St. Benedict has a suggestion for us. 
He took short Bible verses or other sayings such as, O God, come to my assistance, Lord, make haste to help me, or Lord, help. These short prayers are like darts which are small and fly straight to their target. Since these prayers are short, we can pray them at any time with full intention. Thus, they too fly straight to God and reach their mark. For your free copy of the Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com So open your Bible, perhaps to the Psalms, and find those darts you can use through the day. And you too can be like St. Paul and pray always. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Uh, Norman Fulkerson is our guest with the TFP, Tradition, Family, and Property, talking about the American Night, the life of Colonel John W. Ripley, USMC, which, by the way, you can pick up a copy of that book off of their website, tfpstudentaction.org. It's also on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, check them out online, store.tfp.org. And you, you'll be able to find it there as well. Good uh, morning to you again, Mr. Fulkerson. Mr. Fulkerson, are you there? Hello? Yes. Uh, all right. So before the break, you were talking about uh, how he was a big supporter of TFP. And uh, yes. so if you could pick up there. Yeah. And he, yes, he visited uh, our organization a couple of times. He actually was the key, one of the key speakers at the launching of a book that we published, it was the last book of our founder, Professor Plinio Correa Gileveda, called The Book of Nobility. That's a collection of elocutions of Pope Pius XII uh, that he would deliver to the Roman patriciate nobility every year at Christmas time, developing the idea of the role of, of leaders in society. And Colonel Ripley was, was an example of that here in the United States because his family was was an elite family, a military elite. They had um, members of the family all the way back to the Revolutionary War that served our country. <laughs> he got a copy of that book for each member of his family. And what I was saying before the break is he he gave lectures to our, our members, our supporters, and he said something that uh, touched us very much. He said, yeah, he said, in many ways you could be Marines. And I th- we, we appreciated the comment because we consider ourselves very much like the Catholic uh, civilian version, counter-revolutionary version of Marines, counter-revolutionary uh, in the sense of the term as it's used in the book, our bedside book, Revolution and Counter-Revolution. So, yes, we knew him, and, and it, was, it was an honor to meet him. I mean, when you met him, you felt like you were meeting someone that was somebody. You know, the founder of the TFE, Professor Plinio, said something very interesting. He said, oh, he said, if only he were president of the United States. And when you, when you met Colonel Ripley, you, you knew you were in the presence of a man that could hold that office, Joe. Mm. No joke. Wow. Well, some of the stuff that stands out to me about Colonel Ripley, having served in the Marine Corps myself and uh, grew up in military circles, um, there, the military is a great place, but it's also a difficult place. And, uh, 
you can you can lose your faith there. You can become very hedonistic, very very secular if you're not very careful. And in uh, in military circles, even among uh, you know academy grads, as uh, as Ripley was, um, there is a tendency to live according to the ways of the world, especially in combat circles. Yeah. But yeah. he never gave himself over to those temptations. He always he always held the line, so to speak, in fidelity to church, fidelity to marriage. Tell me about that aspect. Yeah, that's a very that, and that's what really struck me, and that's really why he's a role model that you can place up for, you know, your your family, your children, because he's on record as saying um, that he he had he has had never been unfaithful to his wife, Malene, and he never would be. Actually, because they were going to make him, they were thinking about making a movie about him, and that's what he told Hollywood producers: "Do not portray me as having had a relationship." in Vietnam, because I would never be unfaithful to my wife. That's one thing. But the other thing is, is that he was known that he, he was a person that would not use foul language. And it, it was so noteworthy, that aspect, aspect, Joe, was that at his funeral, the then commandant of the Marine Corps, General Conway, gave a, a eulogy, and he pointed that out. And it, it drew a kind of a, a laugh from the audience, because he said, yeah, he said the closest thing John Ripley came to using a cuss word was doggone it. <laughs> and I personally got a laugh out of that because I heard Colonel Ripley say that. He'd say, well, God, doggone it. <laughs> and he said it actually in the lecture that he gave to TFP members. So, he, yeah, he was a man that that um, didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. But it must be said that he was he was not one to, so to speak, wear his religion on his sleeve he wasn't m- mixing religion with, um, you know, with in the military as with with his men uh, that I that I ever know of, or that's that's what his son actually told me, Tom. But um, but you knew because you don't have to talk, you know, um, when uh, preach always and when when necessary use words. I think as Saint Francis said, so he preached a lot without using any words by his example. Uh, Mr. Norman, I, you talk a lot about his uh, life outside of uh, the battlefield and how he, uh, whenever he got off the battlefield, he did a lot of good work uh, supporting the, uh, the military as a, an infidelity to what the military should be. Could you speak about his battles off the battlefield? Yeah, well, he was, like when he spoke to us, he was a strong supporter of traditional family and property. Actually, when I went to his funeral, each of his children, I did not realize this, how, how much he had spoken to his children about this, but they all said, our father loved your organization. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, I, I appreciated hearing that. I, I figured he, he did love us. Uh, but he, he was a supporter of many other movements. He, was, uh, he would lend his voice and his legendary status to a lot of other groups who were taking on different issues. Um, so he, he was involved in the conservative movement. He was active because unfortunately what happens a lot of times is individuals in the military, they reach, you know, flag officer status. They, they earn awards in, in combat, but they kind of uh, don't get involved in the sticky issues. And Colonel Ripley was not that way. He, and and what, what he brought to the table, what was so interesting, is that he was extremely 
uh, distinguished. He was very representative of the Marine Corps. So besides that legendary status, he was somebody very respectable. He spoke well. He spoke with conviction from the heart, and that goes a long way. And during this time, there is a rise in trying to push for allowing uh, homosexuals to fight in the military. Uh, and Colonel Ripley was opposed to that. Could you uh, explain uh, that situation? Yes, he, he gave two testimonies on those issues, uh, on homosexuals in the military and women in combat. And my book is, An American Night is the only place you can find them in print, uh, unless you're Sherlock Holmes. I mean, they... Or, or on, also on the TFP's website, tfp.org. But, but yes, he, he spoke out. And again, he spoke out on those issues, but it wasn't so much what he said. It was the way he said it. I think both of those testimonies represent manifestos of the values that we Americans hold most dear. I, I just, I found them the most moving thing. But I, I do want to say I don't want to I don't want to go over the time, Joe. But but these issues were so sensitive that um, there's a book that the reader that your listeners should read if if they like military books called The Boys of '67, and it narrates the story of General Ray Smith going in for an interview with the Secretary of the Navy uh, Dalton about whether or not he would get his third star, and he was told before he went into the room that there was going to be a question that was going to be asked that would make or break his career. And it was, what do you think about the direction our country's going in regarding women in the military? And they tried to, a friend of general Smith tried to give him Marty Steele tried to give him some political answer to give. And he said, I, I can't play games like that. And sure enough, he went in and that was the question they asked. Wow. And he said, look, he said, I think it sends a message to the enemy that we've lost. So the Secretary of Defense, um, Secretary of the Navy said, okay, bye. And But before he left, this I like about General Steele, he said, he said, you know, um, or excuse me, not General Steele, General Ray Smith. He said, you know, I find it odd that I've been asked to come here to be interviewed for a position. I've never been, I was never asked a question about that position. <laughs> now, what's... Now, what's interesting about this, Joe, is that so it's it was a litmus test. And what I find curious about that is that that's the same thing that went on in the Catholic Church, that which is narrated by um, the Goodbye Good Men by what's what's the name of the author? Um, I forget the name of the author, but talking about the problems in the church and how many priests what made or broke their, not their career, their vocation mm. was what they thought about women priests. So we've gone far beyond women in the military, women in combat, homosexual in the military. Now it's the trans, transgender issue. So unfortunately, it's a very sta sad state of affairs. You're talking about Michael Rose's book, Goodbye, Good Men. Michael oh. Rose, Michael Rose, Goodbye, Good Men. If you read that yeah. book, it's the exact same thing. So you, so we, we, there were probably many good priests that did not end up, or people that could, would have been good priests that did not end up uh, going fulfilling their vocation because they had either a nun or a psychiatrist deciding their future. Mm. And in the military, how many how many good men like um, Colonel Ripley, um, who never advanced? Some people think he should have been a general. 
um, or, or Ray Smith. And, and Ray Smith was retired. I think it was uh, General Gray that said it was we, we lost one of the, one, a great man. Ray Smith was also a Navy Cross recipient. Uh, he earned his Navy Cross during the Easter Offensive as well. So it's very sad, very sad state of affairs. But we have ex- men like Colonel Ripley. Uh, their their legend lives on, thanks be to God, and they're an example for men of today. Amen. Amen. The book is called The American, or rather, An American Night, The Life of Colonel John W. Ripley, USMC. You can find it linked up over on TFP.org's website. You can also, I think, get it on Amazon, but go to TFP.org and check it out there first. Mr. Norman Fulkerson, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. Thank you, Joe, and Semper Fi. Have a great day. Semper Fi. Praise be to God. (laughs) All right, that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us for that. If you can and you're able to, join us in the next hour. Praise be to God. We would love to have you. We have a game show and prizes are at stake in the next hour. Coming up tomorrow at this first hour, uh, it's going to be Father Matigue. We're going to be talking about the church and liberalism and and society and, and all things in between. Father Matigue will be our guest tomorrow in the first hour. So if we can't see you in the next hour, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. But don't forget, you can always hang out with us right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you and God bless you. We'll see you in the next hour. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water and the Spirit, that you are born again, just as the Bible says in John 3, verse 5. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues throughout our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by one act of faith at just one point in time. Again, 1 Peter 3.20 says that we are saved by baptism. Hebrews 12.14 says that we will not see the Lord unless we are holy, and that we must strive for this holiness. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says we must forgive others or we will not be forgiven. Can you attain salvation if God hasn't forgiven you? No. So our forgiving others is necessary for our salvation. John 6 verse 54 says that we will have eternal life by doing something, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19 verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? No. Jesus said to keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics we are born again, and as Catholics we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans 8.24, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, and that we will be saved, as Paul says in Romans 5 verses 9 and 10, provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize. Salvation is a process, just as Catholics believe and just as the Bible clearly teaches.
a beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. We are going to have a game show coming up at 15 past the hour after the quarter hour break. So hopefully you can be a part of that if you've never played the game before. Boy, today would be a fun time to have you on the air. All you got to do is call, be our first caller. We'll give out that number right uh, as we go to break. But you can find the number on our website. If you'd like to call early, you're certainly welcome to. That's fair. Just go to our website. You can see the rules. You can find the phone number. You can call in at... Uh, and uh, be a part of our game show. That website is grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. So we'll have breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel of the day. We'll play our game show, all that coming up in the first half of this hour. In the second half of the hour, we like to do what we call an after show. We won't be on the radio at the time. We'll just be hanging out on the social feed, the live video a social feed, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, also or directly on our website. So if you don't want to be on social media, but you still want to interact, you can do that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Drew. All good news today? All good news today. All It's great news, actually. Um, lots of new pro-life news, um, pro-life wins, as well as a rememoration of a, um, a Catholic nun's um, vows as well as i think it's like 75 years of um her being a religious so that's wonderful news as well um and uh lots of other news in especially in the national and global um outreach so thanks be be to god God. speaking of outreach adrian fonsec is here on the ones and twos good morning to you good morning good morning it's good to be here all right praise be to god i love it good conversation glad we talked about it. absolutely 100 percent. all right check that box uh all right i'm I'm just teasing ouch just teasing um, so we got a great show lined up for you this hour. Do us a favor, though, and share Catholic Drive Time with your friends and your family members. We would be very grateful to you. If you're just listening on radio, you know, text a today's friend. Today's your birthday? Let them know. Text a friend. Let them know that you're listening to Catholic Drive Time today and that you love the show, and maybe they should consider that. That would be awesome. If you're on social media, smash the share button. That would be super helpful to us as well. We'd be grateful to you. Yes, I heard rumor. Birthday. That today is your birthday. Yeah. It's your birthday, Mr. Jones? What? <gasps> happens every year. You, I did not Should know. Should I add that to the good news segment? Unfortunately, yeah, so add that in. it happens every single year. Unfortunately. All right, let's pray. Uh, we're going to pray for your <laughs> intentions, praying for the conversion of all sinners today around the world, uh, all those who have left the church to come home to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Let's pray for your intentions. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known 
that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the uh, good news with Janelle Lay. Pope's post-operative condition continues satisfactorily. Vatican says, Ohio enacts healthcare conscious protections. And Asian bishops honor Indian Jesuit priest Stan Swamy as martyr of the marginalized. By the Catholic World Report, church in Cuba celebrates nuns' 75th anniversary as a religious. The church in Cuba offered a special mass of thanksgiving for the 75 years of consecrated life of Sister Maria de Jesus Miranda, who has served the poor and sick as a member of the Congregation of the Servants of Mary. The Mass was offered July 5th by the Archbishop San Cristobal de la Habana, Juan de la Caridad, Cardinal Garcia Rodriguez. Miranda was born in Spain January 13, 1928, and has served as a missionary in Cuba for 64 years. She experienced firsthand the attacks on the Catholic Church by Fidel Castro. The religious was one of the 14 sisters from her congregation who stayed on the island despite the religious persecution that had already led to the expulsion of 130 priests, a bishop, and several religious. As she grew up, the cardinal said several young men fell in love with her, but she preferred a beloved who was in love with her from eternity and asked for every beat of her heart. The nun renewed her vows and thanked God for his faithfulness, not because it's a celebration for me, but because I owe everything to him. He has been faithful unto now and will continue to be so. Reported by Crooks, new hospital shift to begin serving Amazon region in Brazil. The newest addition to a fleet of hospital boats on the Amazon River is to be christened the St. John 23rd and will be soon serving patients in some of the most remote parts of Brazil. The boat will join the St. Paul II and the Pope Francis in providing healthcare to mostly indigenous populations in Brazil's Amazon region whose riverside communities often lack basic infrastructure and healthcare facilities. On July 1st, Franciscan-inspired Asociação e Fraternidade São Francisco de Assiste na Providencia de Deus, which manages 74 clinics in Brazil, bought the boat from a local shipyard and says it will be ready to serve the Amazon communities in about six months. Crooks reports a pro-life win in the UK. Two extreme abortion measures scraped in Parliament. The bishops of England and Wales have welcomed the dropping of two extreme abortion proposals discussed in Parliament on Monday under the UK government's flagship Police, Crime, Sentencing and Courts Bill. Bishop John Sherrington, lead bishop for life issues at the Bishops' Conference, told the tablet on Tuesday that, I welcome the fact that the radical amendment, New Clause 55, which was well outside the scope of the bill, was withdrawn, he said. It would have swept away the few protections remaining for the unborn child and enabled abortion on demand, as well as removing the possibility of the doctor's conscientious objections. He noted that the Abortion Clinic Censorship Zone Amendment, New Clause 42, was also withdrawn and commented, We must stay vigilant to attempts to widen access to abortion by hijacking other bills. On Monday, Diana Johnson, MP, decided not to take her amendment that would have introduced abortion for any reason up to birth to a vote. Similarly, Rupa Hook, 
MP decided not to take her amendment that would have introduced jail sentences for demonstrations outside abortion clinics to a vote. Bishop Sherrington thanked the thousands of people who lobbied MPs and helped to prevent dangerous amendments to the bill from moving forward. Right to Life's UK Catherine Robinson commented that Johnson's amendment would have left England and Wales with one of the most extreme abortion laws in the world. And last but not least today is Mr. Joe McLean's birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. Joe McLean. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Wednesday. The saint of the day is blessed, blessed Peter Torot. He was born in 1912 in Rokunawi, East New Britain, part of the modern Pap- uh, Papua New Guinea. Son of Angelo Tupui, a village chief in Maria La Tumul, an adult convert who were part of the region's first generation of Catholics. Peter was a pious boy, and though somewhat drawn to religious life, he became a lay catechist and worked with missionaries in the area. An excellent teacher and organizer of classes, he constantly carried and taught from the Bible. He married to uh, he was married to Paula La Varpit on the 11th of November 1936 and became the father of three, one child who died in infancy, another soon after the war. In 1942, all the missionaries and their staff were arrested by the invading Japanese armies and were lodged in concentration camps. Peter continued to lead the faithful of his village as best he could, caring for the sick, baptizing and teaching the converts, helping the poor. When the war began to go against them, the Japanese began to repress the locals, forbidding Christianity and pushing for a return to pre-Christian ways, particularly of polygamy. Peter opposed the regression and was arrested in 1945 for conducting religious gatherings. Imprisoned in a cave, he was so well-known, supported, and beloved by those who knew him that he continued to be a source of strength to his people and of annoyance to his captors. He was martyred by poisoning and suffocation on the 7th of July, 1945, in a Japanese concentration camp at Rukunawi, East New Britain. He was beatified on the 17th of January, 1995, by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Peter Torut, Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 7. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot who betrayed Jesus. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus, Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, there is so much that we could dive into on this. Uh, touched on it last hour about the structure. But notice uh, the who was first in the list. It's Peter. Who was last? Judas. Everywhere in the Gospels where the apostles are listed, you will find that structure. First Peter and last Judas. Notice also that uh, 
who, the people that Jesus changes their names, like Peter, uh, uh, the Matthew, the tax collector, their na- that name change is referenced in the lists as well. I find that very fascinating. There's an incredible change that happens in their life, and they get a new name, Peter the Rock, Matthew the tax collector, and that is also referenced in the list as well. But what about those miracles that he gives them authority, power, he invests in his apostles, which means sent, and he sends them to first the Israelites and eventually after the resurrection to the Gentiles too. But what about the miracles? Do we see these miracles today? St. Gregory the Great said this, these signs were necessary in the beginning of the church. The faith of the believers must be fed with miracles that it might grow. St. Chrysostom said this, but afterwards they ceased when a reverence for the faith was universally established, or if they were continued at all, they were few and seldom, for it is usual with God to do such things when evil is increased, then he shows forth his power. Adrian, what did you find? So first I want to say, uh, check out Cornelius Lapide's commentary on this passage because there's no way that I can go through all of it. He goes through and he has an entire paragraph on each one of the apostles. And he takes, it breaks down why it's important that they are here in this passage, why, uh, who they are, their background information, uh, all this information about the, uh, about each of the apostles. So I highly recommend you go and look up Cornelius Lapide's commentary on, uh, this passage in particular. But yes, so we talk about the ordering of the gospels, uh, of ordering of the apostles rather. Uh, he says here, it's very important to recognize that in the Greek, Latin, Syriac, and in the Hebrew uh, readings of this passage, the word the first, Simon, who is called Peter, is mentioned. And it's only in the later Greek codices and versions that were created that he says, corrupted by the later Greeks who are schismatics and deny the primacy of Peter, that they are the ones who took out the word the first. And then he goes on and says, why is he called the first? Well, we know that it's not an age because Andrew was older and we know it's not in vocation because Andrew was called before him and not in love because St. John was considered the, the apostle that he loved and was resting on the breast of Christ at the last supper. And he goes through this whole thing. And he goes, it only makes sense that he's mentioned as first as in head of the apostles. That's very important to recognize. The other point to make is the miracles that the apostles uh, did. It's amazing to see. He said that when the apostles did miracles, it was unlike any of the other saints and unlike any of the exorcisms that are done today. We see exorcisms today. We interviewed several exorcists. They talk about how the exorcisms are a process that takes time to do. He says when the apostles drove out demons, it happened immediately. Why? To prove to everybody that their preaching is true. It is why and how the apostles were able to convert the world and that even though we call the bishops the successors of the apostles, they are successors by analogy and not by power because they do not have the exact same power as the apostles, but they share in the authority of the apostles uh, in an analogous way. So I think it's important to recognize, but I highly recommend, go check out the whole uh, commentary here. Amen. Praise be to God. Yeah, Cornelius Delapide is hard to beat. And I'm pretty sure you can get his commentary for free online, right? Absolutely, 100%. I'll put a link. Okay. So if you're watching us, uh, you can get a link. But if you're not, if you're on listening on radio, where would they go? 
Just look up Cornelius Lapide commentary on the Gospels, and this is, I think, Matthew chapter 10. Okay, there you go. Praise be to God. Uh, but I also want to thank Verboom.com uh, forward slash GRN for generously sponsoring and underwriting our Gospel Reflections every day. That's Verboom, V with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, Verboom.com forward slash GRN. Time to play the, video, the game. <laughs> Time to play Fear and Trembling. Time to uh, try to help you win some prizes. All you got to do is call 877-757-9424. Call right now. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes. We Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. And phone lines are wide open. So if you've never played or if it's been a while since you've played, call right now, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We on the game show have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share this information with anybody. Just keep this between us. We would like to do a few things during the game. Number one, we like to uh, have teachable moments so that we all learn something we did not know before. Praise be to God. Wouldn't that be something, just learning something new all the time? And then, of course, we like to have a little fun in the process, and our contestants tend to be a lot of fun laughing with us, and we really enjoy that part. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved, and that makes it a lot of fun, too. So uh, here's the kicker, though. I have three Catholic trivia questions. I do not ask the caller. So the caller does not even need to know the answers to win the game. That's how fun that is. Instead, I will ask Janelle, and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. 
The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what could they win? You could win a graphic t-shirt and some wonderful stickers from Baratus Catholic. Catholic art that promotes the good, true, and beautiful. You can find them on Etsy um, at Baratus Catholic. That's B-A-R-I-T-U-S, Baratus Catholic. Thank you for underwriting this week's game show. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, Baratus, for your generous support of our game show. We're very grateful to you, Baratus Catholic over on Etsy. All right, uh, a lot of callers just came in. Praise be to God. Thank you for calling in. We're very grateful to you for doing that. We love to see the calls. And uh, if you don't get in today, call back tomorrow. Call early even, and we'll make sure you get you on. But and maybe call during the after show to wish Joe a happy birthday. All right. Uh, anyway, let's go to uh, Cameron. <laughs> Good morning to you. Thanks for calling in on our program. Yes, thank you. Praise be to God, Cameron. Where are you calling from? From Stanton. Stanton, Texas. Is that up near the Dallas area? No, we're actually just outside of Midland. Midland. Wow. Okay. Praise be to God, Cameron. Way out there. We're very grateful to you. Now, uh, where do you go to church? I go to St. Joseph's Catholic Church. How wonderful. And I can't remember the last time we had a West Texas caller. So uh, praise be to Jesus. What a nice surprise to have you on the program today. Now, Cameron, are you familiar with the game show? Do you know how it works? I do, yes. And okay, so you got to be honest with me here. Who is more tricky, Adrian or Janelle? Ooh, you know, you know, Adrian sometimes gets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry mm-hmm. about that. Devious. <laughs> okay, Devious. Not, not really. Uh, truth, truth advertising, I'm not ha- sorry. Hashtag super tricky Adrian. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, but I, however, am your best friend on the show. It's my job to get you into the cup, and we're going to see what we can do to make that happen today. Cameron, are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Uh, Janelle, we will start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Cameron, or rather, (laughs) Janelle, can you you tell me what ceremony is performed on Holy Thursday after the Blessed Sacrament has been transferred to the Altar of Repose? What happens after they, they transfer the Holy Sacrament to the Altar of Repose? I'm going to go with the stripping of the altars. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's go to see what uh, Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me? Yes. What ceremony is performed on Holy Thursday after which, after the Blessed Sacrament has been transferred, has been moved to the altar of repose? Uh-huh. Yes. That would be... Because, you know, Holy Thursday is the washing of the feet. We read that passage. Uh-huh. Uh, they do the washing of the feet after they move to the, the sacrament to the uh, to the tabernacle of repose or the altar of repose. Right really? There. Yep. Washing of the feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So True that. <laughs> True that. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for the washing of the feet. And Janelle is on the hook for the stripping of the altars. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cameron, what say you? I'm going to go with Janelle. Survey says... Yes, of Good course. Yep. Of course, Cameron. That was an easy one. You knew that one, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> praise be to God. You're in the cup. How do you feel? 
I feel great. Thank you so much. God is so good. So, see, see Tricky Adrian, he tried, but you did not bite. Uh, pr- I'm proud of you, Cameron. It's okay, I'll get her at some point. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Pride goes before <laughs> the fall. She sounds pretty confident. She could go for three here. Let's just see how this goes. But, in fact, you're right. Stripping of the altars is what happens after they, they transfer the, the sacrament. The washing the feet happens before mm-hmm. all of that. All right, let's go to question number two. Adrian, we'll go with you this time. Uh-oh. Now, I, I can see how people might not know this one. Uh, it's possible, but I also don't think it's also all that tricky. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me, who founded the Legion of Merit? Frank Duff. Well, that was fast. Si, senor. Very confident. Very confident. Very. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see what uh, Janelle has to say. Janelle, can you tell me, who founded the Legion of Mary? That would be St. Maximilian Colby. Oof. Yes. Mm. Colby or Colbe? I don't don't know. It's important. This is important. I I have a child named after him. It's Colbe. It's Colbe. Uh, All right. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Janelle is on the hook for St. Maximilian Colbe. And uh, Adrian is on the hook for Frank Duff as the founder of the Legion of Mary. Ooh. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cameron, what say you? Oh, I'm going to go with Adrian. Survey says. Wow. Wow. Did not think. Wow. wow. That was good. She's was not good. fooled at all. <laughs> my my mom is uh, a member of the Legion of Mary, and uh, she would uh, read the Frank Duff stuff all the time. So I used to read that stuff all the time. Did you know that, Cameron? Were you guessing? I did not. I was guessing, but I'm really <laughs> glad he sounded confident. You gambled <laughs> on Adrian? Wow. It paid off. It paid off. St. Maximilian uh, Cole Bay is impressive. actually the founder of the Militia Immaculate. Yeah. Immaculate. So, yeah. I don't know. Praise be to God. Wow, Cameron. Are you going to play the like the lottery later today? I mean, maybe you, you, you can you know, share with I'm me a few numbers. It. It I might mean, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Two times in the coffee cup of Divine Providence, Cameron. Let's see if we can get you in there for a third uh, and, uh, and, and continue our trend this week. We're going to go back to Janelle. Janelle, can you tell me, what is the term for the unjust damaging of the good name of another by the revelation of some fault or crime? Mm. Unjust damaging of a good name of another by the revelation of some fault or crime. I'm going to go with detraction or slander. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yes. Let's see what Adrian has to say here. Now, I may or may not be guilty of this uh, with Adrian, but let's just see. What is the term for the unjust damaging of the good name of another person by the revelation of some fault or crime? Yes, that would be calumny. 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 Gazuntite. Was that your... Yeah. That was was your answer. Calumny. Okay. Si, senor. Calumny. All right, so, uh, oof, okay, here we go. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for calumny, and uh, Janelle is on the hook for detraction or slander. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cameron, what say you? Janelle. Survey says... What wow. score? Cameron, that I... That was hard. Wow. Do, do you call into radio shows all the time and get these answers right? Because I'm starting to feel like maybe you're hustling a little bit here, Cameron. Like you, like you knew all this of these very confidently. Morning. Are you sure? Nope, first time caller. Oh. Wow, oh. praise be to God. That well, was hard. That it was hard. That was a great 
teachable moment there, and you got a right detraction or slander. Now, what's calumny there, Adrian? Yeah, calumny is lying about someone, so it's making up uh, sins and faults to harm someone's good name, whereas detraction is revealing someone's sins. So both are the same type of sin, but they're different in particulars. So that was awfully nuanced. Yep. Mm-hmm. Adrian was making that one hard. And you earned it, Cameron. You're in the cup three times today. Praise be to God. Congratulations. You must feel good about that. I do. It's a great start to the day. Amen. Now, what's on your agenda today there, Cameron? Oh, I'm going to go teach a class at the hospital and uh, get organized for vacation. Where are you going on vacation? To Kalahari. We're taking the kids to Kalahari. Wow. Sounds like fun. Praise be to Jesus. That's awesome. What do you do in Kalahari? You like a shark dive, uh, bridge jumping? What goes on there? So it's an indoor water park. Same thing. And oh, so, fun. It's totally the same thing. Yeah. As My parents used to take me to, uh, <laughs> to indoor water parks when we were kids. That was yeah. fun. Well, God bless you, Cameron. We're very grateful to you. Thanks for having fun with us today. We're going to put you on hold so we get your contact in case it be God's will that you should uh, be drawn from the coffee cup at Divine Providence on Friday. But uh, thank you for being on with us today. Have a great day and enjoy your vacation, by the way. Thank you so much. God love you. God love you. All right. And so, call in during the after show to uh, wish Joe McClain happy birthday. Or not. That's an option. Uh, so that's going to do it for the radio side of our program. Praise be to God. We're always grateful for you hanging out with us on the radio for those that do. Uh, if you can, join us in the after show. We'd love to have you. We will have a great conversation with you, and you get to decide what to, gets talked about. So that's always fun. And the ways to do that are Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Also, right on our website, GRN online.com forward slash cdt you can watch live comment live it's all right there grnonline.com forward slash cdt uh tomorrow we're going to speak with father matigue uh we're going to have a great conversation about the difficulties of liberalism in society as catholics father matigue will be our guest bishop athanasius schneider's coming up on friday uh, we're going to be talking with michael knowles later today so his interview may show up this week as well as General Boynton. So we have some big names on the agenda. We're very excited about that. But do us a favor and share Catholic Drive Time with your friends and your family. We would be grateful to you. And if you can hang out again, we'll see you in the after show. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and I love you. Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to Jesus. I'm not sure what Adrian is playing. It may or may not be the happy birthday song in Spanish. (laughs) If it's not, golly gee whiz, makes the mind wonder what it might be. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not. it's It's either a happy birthday song, which is good, or it's the opposite, which is probably bad. You know, you never know. And since you never know. I, I do not speak Spanish fluently, 
I'm at a loss. And I have Lori to, wants to know to if we can call me. in and sing, no. sort of like a conference call. No, the phone line just broke. I'm so it's, sorry. It's open. You can it, call in 877-757-9424. Yeah, it's randomly hanging up on people. So it, I would it's not. It, don't don't listen to him. It is. 877-757-9424. You can call in now. I see the hang up button right here. Sorry. Aloha from Hawaii says Norman Robert. Hey Norman, commenter. Yeah, praise be to God. Well, you'll have to play the. uh, You have to uh, reduce the. There you go. Yes. Amen. Praise be to Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Norman. Praise be to God. We're grateful to you for uh, getting up at uh, two. We thought we got up early. You're getting up very early, two two something in the morning, to be hanging out with us, and uh, and we're grateful to you, Norman. Now I used to live in Hawaii. I lived on Oahu. I was stationed in the Marine Corps there, Kaneohe Bay, and uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed my time in Hawaii. Of course, it was a, such a beautiful place on planet Earth. Never forget, you know, Christmas uh, swimming in the ocean and just so beautiful, so amazing. I spent, I would, I would sleep on the beach at night sometimes. It was so amazing. So uh, thank you, Norman, for being a part of our program today, uh, all the way from uh, beautiful Hawaii. Let's see, Mike K. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. And uh, ninety three. Good morning to you, Col- uh, Colin. Good morning to you, Myra. Good morning to you, Christopher Velasquez and Monica Cortez. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. We're glad that you're here. Uh, let's see who else. Jeff Burrier is here. Good morning to you, Tammy. Uh, it's good to see you, Eric Rodriguez. Good morning to you. We'd like to hang out with you guys. Angelo. Good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Paul, our friend from New York. Good to see you here. God love you, my brother. Um, who else? Mike K. I see you there. Praise be to Jesus. Having to scroll back pretty far. Lots of conversation today. That's awesome. I love that. And uh, Marina. Marina, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out. Over on the uh, Facebook side, Buddy Buddy Canning, good morning to you. Uh, Jesus Robles, our friend. Ubi, good morning to you. Bruce Tolman, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Let's see here. Glenn, good to see you, my friend. Patty, uh, always good to hang out with you, Patty. Thanks for being on our show in the very first hour. Uh, God is so very good. Let's see, who else is over on the Facebook side? Uh, Gloria, good morning to you. Joaquin and Maureen. Ubi and Bruce. Yeah, praise be to Jesus. Glenn and Patty, which Patty's gone. Jesus Robles. Susan Weber, good morning to you. And uh, Lori, Lori's birthday is coming up on Friday. Praise be to God. We'll have to give her a happy birthday on Friday. Don, Don, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out Joaquin had a great comment. Nicola. Yeah. Joaquin said, uh, happy birthday, Mr. Joe. God bless you. I'm dedicating the horns in your name, sir. Hashtag the horns. The horns. All right. I'll play it. I played it. You know, this will be a first. I I did it. It's not going to happen again. Never again. Never again. It'll have to be Joe that plays it from now on. But, you know, just for today. Hashtag never again. (laughs) Hashtag never again. Hashtag never say never. Hashtag never say never. Uh, Buddy says, I heard through the scuttlebutt. <laughs> you got to love that Marine Corps term, scuttlebutt. Do you guys know what scuttlebutt means? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, I heard through the scuttlebutt that the church will not serve both species of the body of Christ even after the COVID restrictions are lifted. Is this true? Well, I'm sh- well, it Probably. Could, I'm sure in some dioceses for sure. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. Wouldn't surprise. But in the TLM, we, we only yeah. receive under the one species anyway. Mm-hmm. Same with the ordinariate. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, ordinary yes. as well. Yeah. To be honest, I don't. In, in complete honesty, I think that receiving under both species is incredibly confusing for the lady 
Uh, my dad even, sorry, dad, if you're watching this, don't mean to call you out. My dad <laughs> was like, was like, uh, was super confused about receiving communion only under one species. And I was like, dad, you know, you're receiving the Eucharist. You don't have to receive under both species. Every particle counts. And so many people get confused because it's so pushed to receive under both species. But no, it's never been required. And uh, in fact, it's pretty novel I get, to do it that uh, way I, I get, in the West. I don't mean to demean our combat troops who have served and who actually have PTSD. I, I use it only euphemistically. I, I have like PTSD when it comes to communion, uh, especially at... Um, Ordinary form masses. I, I, I watch the handling and I the anxiety goes off the charts because of things that have happened to me during communion time. And the last time I went to an ordinary form mass, uh, this poor woman, extraordinary minister of the Holy Communion, was bringing the chalice of the precious blood down some stairs and tripped and fell. And, and our Lord's precious blood went everywhere. And it was, it was literally right in front of me. And I, and people were lining up and they're walking and they're acting like, you know, it was a tragedy because the poor woman got hurt. I mean, I felt horrible for her. Uh, but uh, I threw my body on top of it. Like, I didn't press myself to the ground, but I'm like covering this spot. And I'm demanding, <laughs> they're like, who are you? What are you doing? And I'm like, go get purificators right now. <laughs> You're going to bring back a basket full of purificators right this instant. And I'm not moving until you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's way too many, too much chance for, especially under the species of wine. The reason why we got rid of it in the West is out of uh, reverence for the Eucharist to try to uh, foster devotion to the Blessed Sacrament and to uh, and because it was there's there's way too much chance of uh, spilling the Eucharist, and if it spills on something like carpet or on clothes, it's incredibly hard to get out. And remember, every particle is the entirety of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. It's hard enough with the, uh, with the wafers uh, under the species of bread. What's that sound? It's Anna. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's listening to something. Well, and, you can uh, hear this? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. Where's that coming from? Usually it comes from me. And I'm like, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, like someone's like, playing happy birthday okay, music happy. early. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was very confused. I was very confused. But yeah, um, Josh said, intinction should be the norm. No, Josh, stop it. Stop it. Uh, but, you know, intinction is better, um, especially when it's done by a priest. I, you know, I, I'm a huge advocate of Eucharist, uh, only distributed by priest, uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who we're having on Friday and his book Dominus Est, which is, uh, he, it is the Lord. Uh, he gives a perfect example of a proper use of extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. And the situation he gives is his family, his grandmother, who was uh, in communist rule. They got a priest like once every couple months if they were lucky. And their, his, uh, her mother or something were, was dying. And so he asked the priest to leave a host with them to distribute to her as she dies as Holy Viaticum. And they did. So they gave it to them. And she uh, had it in an envelope. And she was took it out with a with tongs, and she was wearing gloves, and distributed it to the uh, to the to her mother. And afterwards, they threw everything into the fire to make sure that every particle was destroyed, and she never touched it with her hands. And I'm like, that's that's pretty epic, and that's a pretty good use of extraordinary minister of holy communion. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
There you go. And there are, you know, uh, Gloria was bringing out the point that there are there's a lot of confusion. There are people who believe that they're supposed to receive under both forms, and that is simply not the case. In mm -hmm. fact, you know, um, just to receive under uh, the body of Christ, right, just to receive mm -hmm. that one species of, of our Lord, I mean, on a routine basis, there were days within the church where the lay folk didn't receive all that often. And it was pretty rare. I mean, you might once a year, you know, and if you're lucky, you got maybe another few times, but that was it. So uh, we have a great gift now to be able to go to daily mass and receive our Lord. Um, but it's definitely not required to receive under both species. Uh, Lori asks, what is intinction? Intinction is whenever the priest has the blessed sacrament under the species of bread and dips it into the species of wine and distributes and distributes it like that. Uh, that's intinction. Wow. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, great conversation there for sure. Um, what else is going on today? What, else what are you is doing new? for your birthday? I'm not doing anything besides working. Your family's uh, not, not doing anything? Doing my job is, is, the, is the goal. Uh, Accomplishing the mission, like I wonder what Colonel Ripley would do. That's, on his birthday, that we should ask. We should get bracelets made. What would Colonel Ripley do? Interesting. Bracelets. Get bracelets made. Should we get bracelets made? What? I don't. I don't know if what Colonel Ripley w would w get bracelets C-R. WWCR. The first thing on that list would be not get bracelets bracelets made with his name on it. <laughs> it's probably true, right? <laughs> Step number one: get rid of the bracelets. I, I I just picture he does he probably doesn't sound no, like not at all. he doesn't sound like uh, Clint Eastwood in Heartbreak not Ridge but I can just you know this doesn't mean we're gonna take showers the wee hours in the morning Heartbreak Ridge he's uh, favorite films of all you can lo listen to his interviews the TFP recorded his interviews when they came to the TFP um, uh, headquarters in, in Spring Grove and so you can actually listen to his talks very good. Uh, I'm linking below again just in case y'all missed it Cornelius Halapide's commentary from today you know I, today's commentary blew me away i was like oh my goodness like he had an entire paragraph on each of the apostles and a massive paragraph on judas and he talked a huge like four paragraphs on the miracles and this is all just the first couple verses and i'm like oh my goodness this is a, this is amazing and I, it's just not enough time in the day to talk about it all so i'm going to link it below if you're interested yeah amen and uh it's a great opportunity for for us to really dive deep on on sacred scripture that's why we Part, that's part of the reason why we do it here on the program is to kind of get, expose you to commentaries and early church fathers because, you know, most folks aren't just, they're just not spending the time, you know, to dive deep into their faith. And when they go to the parish, they do get some good stuff there. It's, I'm not trying to paint the picture that everything that happens at a parish is, is somehow not good enough. That's not the case. There is some good stuff that does happen. But we find that most of the time, lay folks simply have never been exposed to some of the really, really good stuff. And, you know, in the last few decades, that stuff has become more accessible to the lay folk. And it's been amazing. Prior to that, you would have probably only been exposed to the really good stuff at university and it depended on the university as to how much good stuff you got exposed to. But like the early church fathers, if that's all you did, that would be amazing. It's just look at what the early church fathers have to say. And by the way, you can get access to the early church fathers right on the internet. You don't need any tools to do that. I mean, it takes a little bit more work and effort, uh, but it's definitely possible. Like, and I've shared this story a bunch of times, but when I heard um, Alistair Begg, the anti-Catholic Calvinist Scottish preacher with his brogue, uh, you know, 
you know, basically lambasting the Catholic Church and claiming that it was um, Constantine who corrupted the Christian Church and brought in all this paganism. Well, that challenged me to go and discover what the early church had to say. And I simply, at the time, it might have been web crawler and not Google. Definitely wasn't Google. I'm pretty sure it was web crawler back in the day. Uh, how many people have you ever used web crawler? Um, Never I, heard of it. I think I typed in early Christian writing because the, 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 the common sense thought that came to my mind was surely there had to be an opinion by early Christians. Surely they had something to say about what they believed, uh, about the Bible, about how they worshipped. They had to have an opinion, and surely something from that opinion has survived down to our time. And I can simply go find this and read what that was. And uh, so when I, I typed in early Christian writing, I came across a website that was, I think it was earlychristianwriting.com. It's a Protestant site. Uh, I don't know who the person is that maintained it, but they basically listed all of the Christian writings. Some of them were Gnostic writings, by the way. They were uh, heretical writings, but they simply listed everything they found in, in ancient times by what they considered was the general uh, scholastic uh, concept of what its date of writing was, and they listed them chronologically. And then so I just decided I was going to read everything from the end of the New Testament to before Constantine was born, and I just started going down the list. I just read one after the other, and they were long, and some of them were difficult, and some of them were easy and amazing, you know, and as I've said a bunch of times, the Didache was the first thing I read. Blew my mind. So amazing. Then, you, of course, you get to Ignatius of Antioch. Incredible. Totally fascinating. Justin the Martyr, Irenaeus, uh, Origen, Tertullian, um, Shepherd of Hermes. I mean, you just get to some of this amazing stuff. And then you get to weird stuff. You get to, like, the Gospel of Judas and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. The total oh, Evangelium of James. Yeah, yeah, you get to weird stuff, and you're like, holy smokes, that's really weird. And it, it's, it becomes obvious. You don't have to be a scripture scholar to go, oh, that is really weird. It stands out. It is nothing like Ignatius of Antioch. It is nothing like the Didache. It is nothing like St. Justin the Martyr. It totally stands out. Clement, you know, it's just, there's, it's so much good stuff there. But now, then you discover that uh, Thomas Aquinas did us the great favor of going through the Gospels and bringing together some of the greatest minds in the church up till his time in the early church and then quoting them for you. I mean, you oh, just, yeah. I mean, it's just like this by is, memory. This is like you know, yeah. T-bone steak on a platter. I mean, it's Hena just Oria. so good. It's just so tasty. So uh, get to the Katina. It's very, it's it's available online. Just Google it. You'll you'll find mm -hmm. it. It's easy. Uh, but if you if you really want to dive deep and you want the the tools to do it, Verboom.com is a great way to do it. Yeah, the Such Dominican friars of the English province are a great blessing. They translated the Catena Aurea and then put it out there for free online. So praise be to God. And we've, we had that conversation with was Ryan. Uh, you know, Ryan Grant? Yeah, about his translations yes. of, of some Robert of the... St. Bellarmine. St. Bellarmine. You know, Robert Bellarmine. I mean, that stuff was not available even a decade ago. I mean, it just wasn't. And only the scholastics could have access to it because they could translate it for themselves from the original Latin in that case. Um, it's just brilliant stuff that's now become more accessible to the average knuckle dragger like myself, and I would encourage people to to dive in. So I used to buy, like I gave a, I gave away most of my early church father books to a friend who was looking for for I gave him like a whole library, a huge stack of of books on the early church fathers. Um, 
Jurgens is I had a, I had the whole collection of Jurgens books on on the early church fathers. There's just so many good resources out there. But if you really want like one resource that could be a really good source for your bookshelf, Jimmy Aiken's book on the fathers is a very good source. It's yeah, probably three and a half inches thick or something, four inches maybe. Um, and it, it he does a great job looking at the big issues of the church and what the early church fathers said on that. Super great, easy to reference, highly recommend it. Yeah, it's a really good book. I use it as a reference for uh, several papers I wrote because he gives all the sources there. Oh, I'm really looking forward to talking to Michael Knowles today. I've been reading his book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, and it is so good. And the reason why I love it so much is because it agrees with everything that I've been saying forever. And uh, <laughs> Is that why? Yes. Simply because Now, if it didn't agree with you, would you... No, I would not you like would, it. No, okay. it'd be horrible. So that's, that's the litmus test That is you. a litmus test. It has Does to be this agree with, with me? me. Does, okay. it, does it confirm it. my presuppositions? <laughs> if, if no, then discard. <laughs> but no, it, it's such a good book because he traces the, uh, the lineage, and I say lineage on purpose, of political, political correctness, and he traces it back to Marx, Engels, the Frankfurt School, um, Gramsci, etc. And he uh, gives us great examples of it, and it, it's so good. I am reading it, and he gives an example. And, I, and there, another reason why I love it is he gives a lot of literary examples. He's very well-read. So he refers back to Alice in Wonderland, back to Shakespeare, and back to a bunch of other uh, literary analogies of uh, the idea of words, words, words. But uh, the good news, I have some good news for you, Joe. Yeah. So somebody is on the line for you right now, actually. Oh, did you see that? They hung up. Oh, darn. Oh, shucks. Hello. Who's on the line? Uh, we are the other McLeans. Oh! oh! The McLean family. Yes. Howdy, howdy. How are you all? Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Why are you guys away? And which McLean are we speaking to? Currently, this is the wife and the other children, and actually one of the dogs are here. <laughs> and the dog. And one, praise be to God. One of the dogs. I, gee, the dogs. I wonder which dog yes. that is. Which dog is it? <laughs> Be the one that camped out with Mary uh, last night. <laughs> oh, it's Polly? <laughs> yeah. All righty. Do y'all want to uh, sing your uh, your husband and father uh, the happy birthday song? Sure. <laughs> Praise be to God. Uh, right now? Yes, absolutely. No, no, 100%. no. Yes. <laughs> no, don't feel the need. It's completely okay. Do as odd as possible. We can pass on this. And, uh, it's fine with me. We love you. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Kobe. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Yes. All right. Well singing with our whole heart there. Kobe Thomas no, for the win. That was amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Kobe was just getting dad back because dad does that to every child that he sings happy birthday. <laughs> 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 Lovingly. Uh, yes, praise, praise be to God. Do y'all have anything planned for Joe or is it a secret? Surprise. Uh, it's a secret. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. All righty. We'll, we'll, we won't press you further then because uh, <laughs> Joe's going to have a great celebration. We, we won't make him work all day then. Or I should say, no, no, no. We have nothing planned. Nothing okay, planned. nothing. <laughs> nothing yeah, planned. Joe, no you're going to be working the whole well, day. Yeah, I say, that's the job. Praise be to go. God. And what a gift it would be. All right. Well, God love you. Thank you. I love you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you later. We love you. Happy birthday. Have a good day. All right. Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. Thanks. Thanks for that. Poor Colby. (laughs) Poor Colby. 
Uh, trying to throw it in there. I love that. Boy. That was excellent. He that did, was beautiful. He did good. Yeah, I amended that. Those lungs. Who else's birthday? Did anybody else have a birthday today or this week? I know Lori said her birthday's on Friday. Anybody else have a birthday this week? Let us know. I'm happy to uh, embarrass everybody by singing. I like to sing for other people. I don't like to being sung to. See, I don't have birthdays mm. anymore. I have anniversaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I don't have a birthday. I just celebrate the anniversary of my birth. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the anniversary. I'll say it's the anniversary or the 10th anniversary of such and such That's birthday. Funny. It's the, you know. It's the 5th anniversary, anniversary of, of such It's and the 5th anniversary of my, it's the, uh, it's the 10th anniversary of my 10th birthday. Right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> right. Yeah, praise be to God. That's hilarious. That's funny. Wow. All right. Well, uh, praise be to Jesus and all things. Um, we have a great lineup this week. I mean, we're going to be recording, as you said, Michael Knowles later today. General Boykin is tomorrow. Uh, General Boykin is interesting. I don't know how many people have heard of General Boykin, but he is the founder of Delta Force. Um, and he is uh, a guy who has uh, a good grasp of you know, national security issues. He has been saying for years that we should really be careful and look out for iran for instance you know how they've been training and preparing to deliver a dirty bomb over the atmosphere of the united states which would be a devastating blow it would only take one to wipe out the entire country's uh you know electric grid for instance and think about the ramifications of what that would be and oh and by the way uh iran sailed a ship to uh cuba not all that long ago so there's that um, so he's going to be coming up. I don't know when we're going to play these conversations. When are we going to put Michael Knowles on? Hmm, that's a good question. We, I'm looking at the schedule and probably next Thursday because we're already booked Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. So probably next Thursday. We could play it during the What's Concerning Us section, but we're actually doing an hour-long interview with uh, Mr. Knowles, with Michael Knowles. And so our CDT insiders will get the entire interview before everyone else. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we're probably maybe we'll release it in parts, or we'll end up releasing a good twenty minutes of it on next Thursday. But we'll figure something out that uh, we can get y'all the most content. Uh, but our CDT insiders, they'll get the whole thing uh, before everyone else. And how does someone become a CDT insider? You can go to GRN online forward slash CDT and fill out the form there to uh, give us your email and we'll put you on the email list. Uh, or you can text a certain number that I think Joe has the uh, paper next to him because uh, <laughs> I don't remember the number. It's uh, GRN. You got to text GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 4828. No, 4228. 4228. Two eight four twenty eight twenty eight four twenty eight twenty eight. There you go. Super I knew. Simple. I knew. I, I got it. First try. First, First try. try. You, there you, you nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, easy, you know easy. that's it's interesting because that's a part of our show that is always a challenge for all of us is to say things correctly. You know, it's it seems like there's always something that throws some, us off. You know, it's always a it's always a difficulty is saying things correctly. Papua New Guinea. Uh, yes. I kept wanting to bail you out today. Me too. Papua New Guinea. I, I said it right. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I nailed it every single time. Yeah, just like how I, I brutalized our sponsor's name this week. Um, uh, Baritus. How do you say it? Baritus. See? I was so close. To be fair, I don't think that's a real word. Yeah, Bar- I, think I think it's made up. I think it's a made up word. Um, like a, to make it sound Latin. Like Veritus. You know, but my biggest pet peeve is getting people's names wrong. Mm, I feel yes. like people have a right to have their name said correctly. And... Uh, and I always, and I, it, it's, it always bugs me to no end if I say someone's name wrong. And there's always someone's name I say wrong. 
It's it's rather embarrassing most of the time. But you know, we have to strive. Have to, yes. What what would Colonel Ripley do? I'm gonna, from now on. I'm going to ask that question. What would Colonel? I'm going to get the bracelet. What would what would Colonel Ripley do? He would ask him to repeat their name. He probably would. <laughs> like, hey, t- tell me your name. You. All right, what is your again? name? Yeah. All right, cadet. <laughs> What's your name? Doesn't matter. Doesn't for me, matter. for me, uh, this is a pet peeve for me. But just putting it out there, when somebody, when um, I'm introduced, hello, my name is Anna Belasquez, mm-hmm. and somebody goes, "Is that Anna or Anna?" Why is that a pet peeve? I just. Told Just you what my name it. was, and <laughs> pronounced it, and, and you're you, going to ask me if it's Anna or Anna. She's yeah. been asked that question too many times. Well, it's way too many so times. Similarly, I get so what, I get Anna annoyed. Anna? I get annoyed. Uh, I get annoyed when people mispronounce my daughter's name. Oh, uh, her name is Tourette, Mary Therese, my mm-hmm. second daughter. Oh. And when they call her Therese, I'm like, that's not her name. Her name is Therese. Get it right. And they're like, but in America, we sit. No, I, I don't care. I named her after a person. And that person's name is Therese. Mm. You know, it's like, that's one of my big uh, pet peeves for sure. Or like Colby versus Colby. Mm. It's Colby. 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 Sounds cooler anyway. Oh, let's see. What else is going on here? I'm trying to look at some of these comments. Um, Lots of uh, happy birthdays. Thank you all for doing that. I appreciate it. uh, Lori says, my dad would sing to wake us up on our birthdays at the bottom of the stairs, and we would throw pillows at him. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. He did have a good voice, though. Well, I do not. And so I accentuate my terrible voice every birthday for one of my kids. So we, uh, sort of, that's the tradition at our house. I sing. That's why Colbe was trying to uh, lay into it a little bit because he's, he's going to take after his dad. Praise be to God. Uh, Your kids actually have great voices. Mm-hmm. The, my kids are very talented. I don't know where they're getting it from. Like they, they, they can hear music and then they'll figure a way to play that on piano and guitar. Wow. Yeah, I was at I was at the McLean's house a few, uh, I guess, a couple months ago, and uh, and the McLean's just started singing, and your son John Paul broke out the guitar, and I was like, dang. He can play the guitar? Yeah. And he was playing songs. Like, how do you even know these songs? <laughs> I, I was like, know. I was surprised that uh, that he knew a lot of these songs. Oh, he was yeah. playing uh, this, uh, Western, yeah. Western music. And I was like, wow. Well, college you is. Every time they hear producer Adrian talk about some new crazy oh, it's music. It's always my fault. Then guess what gets learned at my place? I don't, oh, I don't show your kids. I got my I got my I got out. my five year old going bourbon, bluegrass, and the Bible. I'm like he's five. <laughs> what are you doing? Base five year olds. Have your kids figured out how to play Jesus is a friend of mine? Yeah, no. Okay. There's a line we can't cross. Thanks, <laughs> no. I'm definitely going to show that to them next time they come. Yesterday, yesterday, I we bought a uh, a kayak, an inflatable kayak, oh. and uh, we were we've had it for days now, but the rain has prevented us from using it. So yesterday, there was an awesome opportunity to take them out and let them try it. So we were on this little lake, and they were taking turns and Colby was out there five-year-old with his life jacket on and he's out there with his older brother is he's oaring him around and then all i hear is uh there once was a ship that set to see the name of the ship was the belly of t-. and this is Colby singing my Based. five-year-old wow <laughs> like, Man. he's singing sh- sea shanties while on a kayak on the water <laughs> Hey, it's a sea shanty, right? Wow. That's so funny. It's, it's technically not, but everyone calls it one. So, <laughs> yeah. and what is it? Uh it's uh, I forgot. I saw a video on this. It's not a sea shanty. It's just a, it's just a song with a um, good uh, lyric, uh, good and with a nice beat. But 
What um, counts as a sea shanty? It um, so sea shanties were sung at sea to help uh, with um, labor, intense labor, and like yeah. to get them have a steady beat, um, mm. steady rhythm, and um, good uh, pace. So yeah. it doesn't have a good pace. Uh, mm. Sea shanties are not meant to be danced to. Right. Um, so yeah. that's the difference. True story. They're meant to be oared to. Yes. Keep everybody in line. Yeah, praise mm-hmm. be to God. Well, we're almost Lori says, uh, where does he learn sea shanties from? If yes, you ask Joe, you he'll say know. me. Yes. But oh. in reality, yes. it's from Joe. No. So I, do not, I did not I do go not to his house. Sea shanties. I did not go to his house and show his children I've never oared in a galley before, so... I'm just saying. I like Lori, pal. She says, <clears> if, you can't, if you can't sing well, sing loud. Yes, I, I agree. That. I can do that, for sure. You have to have confidence Mike says, the retired sailor approves. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to listen to my kids sing, and uh, and the, my grand, my dad was over at the house a few, I don't know, a month or so ago, and uh, he gave my kids gave him a, like an impromptu concert, and he was he was blown away by uh, by their ability to sing and and their talent. It's just I don't know where they get it from. They don't get it from me, but praise be to God, they have it nonetheless. We're very grateful. All right, that is going to do it for the show today. Please uh, pray for us and ha- that we might have a great conversation with Michael Knowles here in just a little while, that that may become great content to provide to you because we, we love to serve you. Thank you for being a part of the Catholic Drive Time family. We're very grateful to you. Uh, do us a favor and share our content. Uh, keep watching it on YouTube on the CDT channel, Catholic Drive Time channel on YouTube. Trying to get to 4,000 watched hours, hoping and praying that that opens some doors for us. It's been a lot of, uh, we're being held back a little bit there. I'm trying to overcome that. So I need about 1,000, 1,100-ish hours still to go to get to that 4,000 threshold. So your consuming the content would be super awesome to us. God bless you. God love you. I guess we'll see you back here tomorrow morning with Father Matigue. Until then. Thank you for joining us.